When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. All right, welcome to the funeral. Uh, the funeral for the NL East, Rico Bronia, Evan Roberts, great Pete Hoffman, who did a wonderful job on the overnight, and of course, produces Tiki and Tierney. I don't know how much screaming and yelling I'm going to do. Now I'm just a beaten man. I think we're all beaten men. Uh, this was brutal. I think this series was every fear that we as Met fans have deep in our soul. Every time we try to get excited, but we say, oh, no, we're the Mets. We have this in our DNA, and we think back to collapsing in 07 or closing Shea Stadium down in 08 or Beltron striking out in 06 or the way they lost the 15 World Series or the wild card game in 16 or whatever the hell you want to come up with. This series was, I think, always the thought in our back of our mind all season long that good things don't happen to us as Met fans. And look, this sucked. And we will do a podcast in a few days in which we'll preview the wild card series because obviously that's happening. The Mets are not winning the NL East. They are not sweeping the Nationals. The Braves are not getting swept by the Marlins. So that's out. There's no hypotheticals anymore. They're going to be in the wild card series. And yes, We'll eventually talk about how it's a brand new season and anything can happen and what happened against the Braves doesn't matter because it's a new series against the Padres or the Phillies. But right now, what we witnessed over the last three days was our biggest fear. Everything about it. The big pitchers all came up small. We'll rip Chris Bassett in a minute. The offense, for the most part, did absolutely nothing outside of Jeff McNeil. He's the one guy who, for every piece of criticism we lay out for however long this podcast lasts, he's the one guy who's exempt. Even the last out of the game, he hit the crap out of. Jeff McNeil was right on in this series. He has three hits in the finale. He hits that bomb of a home run in the third inning. Jeff McNeil had two hits in every game of this series. I got no issues with Jeff McNeil. I got issues with everybody else. But this was our biggest fear. An offense that does nothing, a rotation that underachieved to the oomph degree, and the Atlanta Braves in every way, every single way you want to look at it, they were the better team. And guess what? Over 162 games, they were the better team. And they win this division. But to go out like this, to go out with an offense that scores seven runs in three games and gets just completely sliced and diced by this brave bullpen, especially that fat-ass Kenley Jansen who made it look so easy in game two and in game three. To go down bing, bing, bing after they had that rally in the third inning. It's why, as a Met fan, it's going to take a lot of talking yourself up to have any confidence in what happens next. Because this was the series. 
You can talk all you want about the series against the Dodgers in late August, early September, or the previous series against Atlanta, or any other series you want to come up with. This was the series, the series that would determine this division. And from top to bottom, they came up small. As far as this game is concerned, the last game of this series, because if you want to hear a recap of game one, Go listen to Friday night's Rico Bronia. If you want to hear a recap from the dread of game two, listen to Saturday night's Rico Bronia. As far as the finale is concerned, Chris Bassett sucked. And I think what what was the real kick in the balls is each starting pitcher from DeGrom on Friday to Scherzer on Saturday to Bassett in game three all got worse and worse and worse. And look, that third inning was water torture. I mean, that third inning was so brutal to watch, especially because, okay, he puts the first two guys on base. You give up a base hit to the ninth place hitter. That's the killer. You walk Acuna ahead of Dansby, Chipper Jones, Swanson. That's a problem. But he actually fights back after he falls behind Swanson and gets him to fly out, which was the biggest shocker. But to the credit of the Atlanta Braves, both guys advanced. And then he strikes out Michael Harris, who the Mets did a really good job on in this series. I don't think he had a hit in this series. Hit the ball hard a bunch of times, but didn't do all that much. And now if you're Chris Bassett and you have yourself a lead, because remember, the Mets just scored runs in that third inning and gave you a lead. You are one out away from getting through the third inning with a lead, with a pitch count that's high, but you could still probably get through five, maybe six innings. Drilling Austin Riley was a killer on the first pitch. He falls behind Matt Olson, never had a chance, and was very careful, even though he threw the 3-0 pitch right down the middle. And then Travis Darno. I mean, that is just... Oh the fact that it's Travis Darno who has become this tremendous player, and we can't even scream about it, because every last Met fan wanted Travis Darno gone three years ago, four years ago, whenever it was now. We all were done with him, and he's fouling pitches off, and he's battling. And the longer that at-bat went, the way you knew it was going to end. I thought it was going to be a double in the corner, but instead, Darno rips one back up the middle. And Buck had no choice. Of course, he had to get him out of the game. He had thrown 70 pitches. He had given up the back-breaking hit in the third inning. And so you have your starting pitcher, your most consistent starter this season in Chris Bassett following Scherzer getting knocked out in the sixth and DeGrom's mediocre, though I'll tell you, DeGrom's performance now looks a little different. It looks less crappy when you compare it to Scherzer and Bassett. And you have Chris Bassett knocked out in the third inning. And that's bad. And that's brutal. And the Mets starting pitching failed in this series. We talked about that the other day, and you could just kind of pile it on with Chris Bassett. But if you're the New York Mets and Bassett comes out and Trevor May, to his credit, comes in, gets a huge pop-up off that douche Marcelo Zuna, you know, you could actually score runs and win the game too. The game is not over. It's not 8-3 to three Atlanta. It's 4-3 to three Atlanta. And the Met bullpen, for the most part, outside of the one mistake Lugo made to Olsen, kept them in the game. That's why it goes back to the same story from game one and the same story from game two. And really the thing that defined this embarrassing three-game sweep, they couldn't freaking 
hit. They couldn't drive in runs. They had a ton of opportunities in this game. They had base runners almost every inning, not the ninth when Kenley Jansen pitched a one, two, three inning, but in most innings of this game, they'd get a guy on base, but they couldn't get an extra base hit though. They did hit the two home runs early and they did nothing. And again, Think about the guys that shut you down. You let Charlie Morton, I don't want to say get into a groove. Basically, he gave you one extra inning, which was that clean fourth inning, and got him one out in the fifth inning. But you make Dylan Lee look unhittable. You make Colin McHugh, who's had a good year this year, come in and get a big out against Lindor, who was an absolute dog in this series. You can't hit Iglesias, third straight day you're seeing him. You can't hit Minter. And then the one that really drives me nuts is they can't hit Kenley Jansen, because they can never hit Kenley Jansen. And Kenley Jansen has been hit by almost everybody in baseball the last few years, not the Mets. And third straight day, and he throws like five pitches in a one, two, three inning. But look, you go back to the beginning of this game. You go back to the first, the second, and the third. And this is not an excuse because despite coming up small in those three innings, you can still hit in the fourth through the ninth. You can still do more than three measly singles from the fourth through the ninth. You're allowed to. But the first three innings defined really what's gone on with the Mets over the last month. Opportunities that are missed. Two-out rally in the first inning. Escobar strikes out. Yeah, it's great. Vogelbach hits a home run. That was fantastic. But then you get the leadoff man on. Then you get a Brandon Nimmo single, and here comes Lindor with two on and two out. And what does he do against Charlie Morton? He strikes out. Lindor had a horrible series. I don't know if this makes us all, and I'm sure it will for many, relitigate what this season has been. Like now, all of a sudden, you're going to look at 25 home runs, 103 RBIs, and say the guy sucked and he wasn't clutch. Look, he was clutch most of the season. I don't think this series should change the reality of what happened over the first few months. But the problem is this series weighs heavily. This series is weighted more than every other clutch moment Lindor had. That's why I always say two things can be true at the same time. Lindor, for the most part, was clutch this season. But in the biggest series of the season, much like most of his teammates, he came up incredibly small. He had two freaking singles in a three-game series against Atlanta. Meanwhile, Dansby Swanson's hitting a home run every night. And I'm not just bringing him up because he's shortstop. I'm not just bringing him up because Lindor makes $300 million. I'm bringing it up because the brave elite players, Matt Olson too, and Pete Alonso would compare you to that because Pete Alonso did nothing but a couple of singles in this series. How many, how many RBIs did Pete Alonso have in this series? Zero. The Mets stars did dick. The Brave stars came through. But they miss an opportunity in the first. They miss an opportunity in the second. But that third inning, and we all knew it. We all knew it. As excited as we are that Jeff McNeil hits a home run, who the Mets have the lead. As excited as we are that Vogelbach rips an RBI single, the Mets have a two-run lead. You have first and third and nobody out. You have got to score runs. You are facing a high-powered Atlanta Brave team. You knew they were going to fight back, maybe not necessarily that inning, but you knew to win this game, you were going to have to score five or six runs. You have first and third, nobody out. And I know Mark Canna had a couple of hits in this game, 
but a little dinky pop-up to first base. Hit the ball to the outfield, Mark. Luis Guillerme, Mr. Contact, strikes out. And then James McCann, I mean, what's there to say about him? He's a waste of space. All right, we could rip him, but we all know he sucks. You have first and third, nobody out, and you don't score. And by the way, yes, it was a great play. Yes, Austin Riley was heads up on that Mark Canna little chopper along third. But my God, how many times do we need to hear this broadcast crew make love to Austin Riley on TV? I mean, my God. Oh, what a play. Oh, he's so smart. Oh, he's so sexy. Oh, he's this, he's that. It was a great play, all right? Austin Riley is a tremendous player. But over and over again, we got to hear what a brilliant play it was. And it was a brilliant play. I give him credit. But guess what? The Mets still had first and third nobody out. And they didn't score. And from that moment on, even though the Mets are up 3-1, to even though Chris Bassett could very well settle in and give you six innings, one run, and yes, the Mets are allowed to win a game 3-1, to 3-2, to You just knew. You knew. We all knew how this was going to go. And it went quick. Because the Atlanta Braves responded every time in this series. And think back to Friday night. And I'm not blaming SNY. I don't believe in jinxes. I don't. But when the Mets took an early lead in the opener of this series, 1-0 for Jacob DeGrom, that graphic popped up. The Mets record when they lead. The Mets record when they score first. (laughs) Well, they didn't score first in the finale of the series, but they had a lead in every one of these games, and it felt like the Braves responded immediately, mainly because the Braves are champions. And that's why from June 1st, even before that, you never, not that I thought the Braves were going to win 100 games necessarily, but you never should have ever counted this team out. And I don't think most Met fans did, even at 10 and a half games up. I think there was always that skepticism, not only about ourselves, but about how good they are. They're the defending world champions for a reason. 